It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Welcome in a terrific Thursday. So I've got to go full confession here. Yesterday morning, I get up. I, I get up around 6.30 to 7 every morning. And I, I, I prep for the show. And I saw the story on John Morant on ESPN, on the dot-com. I don't think it was a plus. I think it was for everybody to read. And I, I really didn't comment on it yesterday, truthfully, because I like wasn't sure when the thing was written. I was thinking to myself, was is this like just a repeat of a story they wrote a few months ago? Uh, uh, is it new re- new revelations? So when you read the story, you realize there is nothing new in this story, but there is some revealing things. And um, I don't know if it's a complete hatchet job, but it certainly is not a good look. And when you find out that this was redone, it's basically a rehash of the 18 months with a little bit more insight. Insight maybe into character. Um, Then there is some merit to the story. Because, as has been pointed out by everybody who's a journalist now, John Morant's suspension of 25 games, one of the superstars in the game, enough of a superstar prior to 18 months ago, to be a max player, to be a Nike rep with his own shoe, to be Powerade's first Athlete rep in 10 years. That's how big a story he is. And if you know the five W's of journalism, they are who, what, when, where, and why. Who is number one? Jaws a who. He's going to continue to be a who. Because the truth of the story is now he's either a disaster that started out great or he's a redemption story. That's what's going to happen. There's only one of two ways it can go. He redeems himself. He becomes all pro again. Nike is so happy they stuck with him. Powerade renews the campaign. More people come on board because he's learned and gotten better. Or he just couldn't take fame, and it's a sad story. It's one of those two. There probably could be some mediocre in-between things, but most likely it's going one way or the other. So what we do did learn was this, that when all the NBA was doing due diligence on this young kid from Murray State in the Carolinas, he was sterling. He was, he was perfect. He was great. He was coachable. He was likable. He was a team guy. He was humble. Perfect second pick because who wouldn't take Zion? Now you wouldn't. You would have really taken probably Ja first. Maybe you wouldn't do it what's going on, but you would. I mean, if you look players on court, you would say, okay, I'm I'm going with a guy who, you know, is healthy most of the time. Forget the suspension because that's 25 games you're not around, but Zion has has never played a complete season, not, not even close. Humble chip on his shoulder and basically you find that's how his pro career began he was a guy who was with anticipatory good positive feelings a patron in places of business that changed he became an annoyance fame They rehashed the 18 months from the pickup game with the high school kid, which is still going to court, to the mall security guard and his fears of that family, to the volleyball situation and 
at, at a high school volleyball game where the family got into it with high school students, to the loading dock incident with the Indy Pacers, to strip clubs and guns and just a whole lot of trouble. And then the gun in the car again, which got him to the 25-game suspension. That's all rehashed. But again, he goes from welcome patron to a nuisance and a troublemaker, a guy whose group was picking on some patron's wife. When you used to go, wow, we're going to get John Morant in our store to, oh, no, look who's coming. That, that's insightful. To the fact that, according to, and again, these are anonymous sources, so that was a little surprising in the ESPN story. But according to anonymous inside sources, you got to figure within the Grizzlies, Zach Kleiman, Taylor Jenkins, met with him after the first incident, and uh, they got a pretty apathetic, non-caring, non-listening John Morant. When the media, and this was rehashed, and it struck me when it occurred, when the media asked him about, because they rehashed, by the way, the plane ride to the first All-Star game and the tequila, that was the first absolute negative PR that I had seen from John Morant when he makes this all-star game he's in a private jet he's with his dad he's with his buddy pack he's with a, a security guard and they're all drinking tequila on the airplane and he kind of looks like he's a little over the line there that's the first negative sign you've seen yet from that first inkling maybe the guy drinks a lot to the stuff that happened at the strip club with all the cash and all the beer or liquor all everything that's around You see a different guy. And when he's asked about his alcohol issues, this again brought up, he basically cuts every reporter short on all of this and says, I have no drinking problem. I went to rehab to learn how to cope with stress. And maybe that's fair. It would seem to me to be awfully hard to really have a drinking problem and to perform night in, night out the way he did on an NBA floor. So I, 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 I kind of will side with him on that because I just I don't see how you could be a guy drinking all the time and have the physical prowess to do exactly what he does, even at an early age. There are ramifications for getting drunk every night beyond what normal people do. So I, I, I can kind of buy that, but he has certainly not mastered since this, these issues have come up, the, the, the way to really deal with it head on with the public. And I hate to say it again, I go back to who, what, when, where, and why. But if you're a who, you're going to be scrutinized. And if you're getting paid $35 million a year, you're going to be scrutinized and you better learn to, adapt and to face these things head on. And we'll see how all of that plays out because it's not going away. The question now really is this. We mentioned there's going to be two outcomes, right? One of two. It's either redemption or tragic story. That's up to Ja. Where does he go from here? Uh, The only thing he's doing now is making social media posts. They seem to be defensive, he certainly has yet to accept blame for anything from anybody, including mall security guards, high school kids, the the gamut. When he takes that responsibility, learns how to accept and express that he makes a mistake here and there, and then is really honest in what he does with give and take in live interviews, not just posts on social media, which, by the way, seem again to be defensive to me. Uh, You know, that might be the first step. We'll see where it goes. It's not going away, though. That's the whole thing. Every game that is on national TV, well, there's not many on national TV, right, With, uh, uh, with him, with the team. I think only one of all the games on national TV are prior to the 25-game suspension. I know the second game, national TV game, is his first, right, against New Orleans if he does everything he's supposed to. But it's still going to be, every story written about the Grizzlies are going to be, 
Third game into the suspension, and yet they are blank. He's going to be the story. And I will be very curious to see how his growth is through all of this. Zach Boyd, I know you're itching at the bit here to weigh in. Your thoughts? Um, like, like, like I said this morning on Sports, 50, uh, Sports 56 Mornings with uh, Greg and, and Eli, I just think I'm not, I'm not questioning whether this report was, was you know, they, they did their due diligence. Because, again, like I said, Baxter Holmes – he the one that broke the Robert Sarver story about the Phoenix Suns and everything that was going on with that. So I'm not questioning the reporting. I'm I'm questioning some some of the things, but overall, like they're they're journalists. They're they're doing what they're supposed. They're doing what they're getting paid to. The only thing I question is just the timing of it, because the to me the season to me the season like is next week. Every, at this point, it's just. It should be just a full blown. All right, let's get excited. Let's go around. Let's go around different, you know, different teams. See what's going on. And well, it's you're all, a half full guy, and and I understand that sentiment. Yeah. But and, but that that's that's really you know what? My opinion. It's preseason basketball. That means nothing. So what you do if you're a journalist and your beat is the NBA is you try to figure out what are the hot button storylines for this particular season. And if you don't think Ja, a superstar, a former NBA all-star, a guy who's a rep for major companies, the future face of the league, a guy who has been taken to task by the commissioner of the league for disregarding his edict, if you don't think that's a storyline... I, I, you're missing the big picture. It's not all about the positives. It's the right. whole story of the league. And so for me, with the league about to begin and John not playing, that is a major storyline. And I agree with you. Like, it's a it's a big part of the storyline. I just think that, because again, like like the league and you and, and the schedule came out. And, every, and, we've all, and we all saw the schedule. The first 25 games, the Grizzly as a team, including with job being on his suspension, the Grizzlies as a team are not even, you know, they're, they're, they're not on national TV. So it's like, okay, cool. Like, everybody just kind of just pushing the Grizzlies over here, and they're going to wait until Ja comes back, and then, boom, they're back in the limelight again because everybody wants to see Ja on the floor, and everybody wants to know how he's going to react once he get back, some, get back on the floor. I just think the time, to me personally, I just think the timing of this story it could have been better. I think. I think to be honest with you, it would have been a better story if you just waited until Ja comes back. Because then at that point, it's just a recycle of of all these events. You can post. I mean, that's just me though. I'm not the editor of at ESPN, right. no, so no, I, I I can't I, make that decision. I don't, I don't believe but it's just to me. It'd just be better off. I, I don't believe it was a vendetta thing. I don't even believe it was a total hatchet job. Right. I, I agree. I, I I think this was a legit story because it is preseason NBA. And this guy's not playing, and that's a big story. That's 25 games of a team that could be competing for the Western Conference title that is certainly going to be in a hole because this guy is not around, and why is this guy not around? And they rehash it, and you do learn a few new things. I I, I, I hate the story for job, but I, I think it's a legit story. And now the question I have, and this is an impossible one to answer, but it's what we do in talk radio. We speculate. How does this turn out? How do you think Ja will respond? And I'll tell you right off the bat, I, I, th- I think positive things are going to happen. I think Ja will grow. I think he's got a really strong will to win and to be really good. And so I think he will learn from this. He's got two strikes. He knows he has no margin for error. I think he will end up being a good citizen and I think he'll end up being a great NBA player. And I, I think in two years, this will be a blip, and it will be we all saw the turning point and the maturity of Ja. I, I, I believe that because I, 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 I've just seen the way this guy with a chip on his shoulder came in, and I believe he can get back to that. I think he got sidetracked, and I think fame can do that to a 22-year-old kid especially when his father was sort of embracing whatever that lifestyle was. Now he's probably both of them are going to make big decisions to right the ship. I think they will. Your gut feel. Yeah, I think Jai is going to be a man on a mission. 
it just, I mean, I, I get it. Like, some of this, like, a lot of this has been on him and the decision makers that he has been made. But there's been a lot of slander thrown at his name. They're on social media and this stuff. So I think he's going to come in and prove a point to everyone. And then, obviously, with him being ranked, what, 30, 35th in ESPN's right. top 100 player ranking, which Boy, I that, have. That really gets a lot of people the raw. The, the, they're raw about that. They're really upset. I, I have no problem with that. I, I mentioned it before. I, and I, I got to admit, I was I was arguing with Doc Holliday because he made a big point about it. he thought that the uh, the the league was really screwing Jaw with that, and he's no worse than twelfth or whatever he is. And I I just simply say this: he may be the 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 number nine talent in the league, which he was voted last year. I believe that. I think he's got the talent, but if you're not on the floor, what good is it? So you become the 35th best player in the league because you're not available. You're not available for what will end up being after load management and any kind of injuries he may pick up after this 25-game suspension. He's only going to play half the year. How can you be a top-10 guy if you only play half the games? I mean, we put AD in the top 10, and he don't play half the game. So I wouldn't put him there either. I, I think know. A, I, think, I think availability is pretty, important. Pretty, part of, pretty big part of the formula. That is for sure. It's important. But I think, I think the, the biggest, the, the, the only gripe with, the, with, the, with those rankings is that, is that are we basing that on the player as a whole on and off the court, or is this just strictly basketball? Because right. if we're just talking strictly basketball, John Moran is a top 15 player in the league. Well, if we're if we're talking strictly basketball talent, when you play and you're only just saying he jumps this way, he shoots this way, he dribbles this way, yes, top ten in my opinion. But if it is using those skills, that's a part of the formula, production and winning, and you miss half the games, how how can you be in the top ten? I don't know. And that's 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 the question that we that that everybody's trying to wrestle with. Yeah. Because again, like SGA, he's in the top ten, and winning has not been a big thing in Oklahoma City until what the last year and a half. Well, he's part of the reason why. I mean, he's he's an exciting young guy. He is. I think he's a terrific player. And by the way, he plays. He'll play more games than Ja this year. Oh, no doubt for sure. Uh. Switching gears real quick, the Astros answer last night in a big way. You got your first home game. You got Scherzer on the mound, who obviously has been injured, comes back, tries it. He's 39 years old, not so sharp. Christian Javier, he was really sharp last night. Had the fastball working. Astros win in Dallas 8-5. You know what Lee Corso likes to say? Not so fast, my friend. I thought the Astros were done. It was over. They're back in the series. Yeah, the bats came alive last night. 8-5. Whew. Yeah. Uh, today, doubleheader. Phils and Diamondbacks. Must win for the Diamondbacks in Arizona. That's at 4 o'clock. And then game, the I guess it would be 4, of Houston and Texas. That will be at 7 o'clock tonight. I, I've, I've got to complain about this. Bugs the heck out of me. I read the high school state rankings every week. I don't know who's got the vote. On the AP poll in the Memphis area for high school football teams. Okay. But out of the top 25 schools in the state, only three are West Tennessee schools. And you got to be pretty well perfect. Germantown is the highest at number eight. They're eight no. MUS did lose once, and, and they're. They're number eleven. They're six and one. And then Southwind is eight and zero. Oh, they're number twenty-four. Those are the only three in the entire state. Are you kidding me? How about Baylor? Baylor, which is in Chattanooga, has two losses, and they're number two. There is such a bias against West Tennessee. I, 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 I'm. I would imagine. I mean, John Varlas is magic when it comes to the preps. Hardest working guy. Fantastic. I wonder if he's got a vote, or if if the commercial appeals got a vote, or if there is a vote in West Tennessee, because there is not enough representation of high school football teams in that poll, and that's the way it's been forever. 
They really need, I think, to revamp all of that. Um, and then finally, before we take a break, we got a busy show. Russell Copeland on the NFL is going to join us here, Jarvis Greer, on a myriad of topics, including the Joss story. And, of course, the Tigers and UAB and the battle for the bones, the renewal of that. First time the Tigers will take on the Blazers since 2012. Tigers won the last time out, and they won big, but they're down 10-5 to in the series. This will be the 16th meeting. Last thing, Phil Mickelson says the live is going to be even better than they were when it comes to playing next year. He says he doesn't think he knows that players are going to jump from the PGA for camaraderie and because of the team aspect of it. And I sit here wondering, does Phil Mickelson know something I just don't know? Or does he just like to hear himself talk? Because this past week, OWGR, that is the World Golf Ranking group that has a formula and it provides points for ranking of players throughout the world. They said we are not going to count live results. That was the beginning of the death knoll. We already knew the merger was going to be sort of the end of the live. They were going to be existence for a couple more years. We're going to see what happens. Um, There's three spots we know that are open. Chase Kepka is one of them, by the way. Three live players have been demoted. So there's three spots open. You tell me a top 50 guy that's on the PGA Tour right now, because those would be the only ones that would be important, right, that are going to move to live? Maybe I'll be crazy. Maybe I'll say, wow, that guy knew it. But I... I think Phil Mickelson's out of his mind. I'm sitting in the Family Leisure Studios. Don't forget, we now have a new sale. It is the Overstock Sale, and they're asking you, please, come. Get unbelievable pricing and get us out of this Overstock inventory issue we got. They want new stuff coming in. They got select patio sets for 50% off. Play gyms under two grand. Can't remember the last time I saw that. Extended sale pricing on all in-stock hot tubs and swim spas. And if you're going to close your pool for the winter, we're all thinking about that right now because the leaves start to fall. 30% off on products. All you got to do is get to I-40 and Widden Road and go check out what is happening. Hey, our title sponsor for years. It's the great group. Right there at Craft Road, the first exit in Mississippi off Highway 78, which is Lamar. You know, that's Genesis of Olive Branch. Genesis of Olive Branch with specials on the GV70, the G car, the Genesis car that's a, now a sport utility. The 70 is the smaller one. The 80 is the bigger one. I mean, you, you talk about luxury. You talk about all the newest bells and whistles, the best in new technology. It's amazing. The car will drive itself. It's incredible. GV70, GV80, special price, special financing. All you got to do is get there. Go see Chris Drew. Go see Jenny, Vinny Gerard. He's the Genesis guy right there at Genesis of Olive Branch. We take a break. When we come back, Russell Copeland on the NFL. He's next. Add a little fun to your lunch break join johnny radio for sports 56 happy hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on sports 56 and 98.5 fm now back to wolo and friends on sports 56 and 98.5 fm presented by homer skelton hyundai here once again is the voice of the tigers Dave Wolotion. Russell Copeland on the National Football League and more coming your way in a minute. Brought to you by Ken. Ken Garland Custom Home Builders. 70 years in this community of building palaces or taking older homes, renovating them with the, what I call renovation with innovation and making a modern palace out of something that has gotten old and tired, but you'll love your location. You'll love your lot. You're not moving, but you want the new stuff. He's got it. He's got everything in mind, including the media room or the island in the kitchen, 
or those beautiful California closets. He can do it all. Or if you're looking for land, he's got it. He's got the knowledge to utilize whatever land you may have. He's the complete package, and he knows. Learned from his dad, and they've been doing this for 70 years. He learned that you've you've got to, with a commitment that's being made by the client, you've got to work with them closely, and then you make sure in collaboration that you do these two things, quality on time. That's it. And he does it every single time. Go to KenGarland.com. You'll see what I'm talking about. Then give him a call, 751-1632. Fun guy to talk to. Sees little details, big picture at the same time. Rare guy. You'll love it. Ken Garland, custom home builders. We head south of the border somewhere in Mississippi. Our friend Russell Copeland is standing by. Um, You glad about the renewal of the Battle of the Bones with UAB before we get into the NFL? Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's been a long time since 2012, and it's really a great series. Uh, the Battle of the Bones. I tell you what, Dave. I wish I could be a, t- uh, a tester to taste some of those ribs at that contest before the game. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it'll be a good contest, a good match. Um, you know, hopefully the Tigers can get out to a really good start um, to start the football game. Yeah, they have not done that. What what, what do you think it is about this team with with slow starts? Uh, even in games like Arkansas State, Bethune-Cookman, they were never in real doubt. But the Tigers took a while before they got in gear. What do you think it is about this uh, team? You, you know, it's just something very unfortunate. I know that Coach Ryan Stewartfield is going to try to address that. And um, I can't put my finger on it why such a slow start. It seems like around the eight-minute, nine-minute mark in the second quarter, the Tigers tend to get rolling. But I tell you what, that's something – Hopefully that they can fix because when you tend to get the slow starts, anything could happen, momentum swings. And I think that's really what happened in the two losses when you look at Missouri, especially last week. Um, you can't continue to spot teams 10 nothing, You know, we're down 17 nothing against Boise State, but you had an outstanding second quarter. So hopefully they can get to a really good start. I think it's going to be imperative that they do that. Let's talk Shield. Let's start with through week six, about a third of the way through the season, a little bit more. And there are zero undefeated teams. Surprised or typical NFL? Well, I'm not surprised, Dave. I think it's the parity. I think that's that's what fans want. You know, I really enjoy it. Um, and and that's pretty much what the commissioners wanted to do. When you look at in the 80s and 90s, they wanted to build a schedule where you know it's very competitive throughout. I think when you look at recent years, that's why you see toward the end of the year, the last games. They are division games. Um, so I, I really love the competition. I'm not surprised at all. All right. Um, are you surprised this is the year of the quarterback injury? Anthony Richardson, the um, phenom, thanks to the combine, at Indy out for the year. Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback, finally starting to look like the guy we thought he might be, out for the year. Deshaun Watson, now out for a while. Not sure when he's coming back. This is a tough year for NFL QBs. Well, you know, it's very unfortunate, and and that's why you have to have a viable backup quarterback. And I think when you look at the Browns, you have Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA did not look very well. You know, you look at, you talk about your team, the Bears, Justin Fields, you got Tyson Bagger. You know, who is Tyson, you know, Bagger? You know, he's an undrafted quarterback from D2. Now he's starting. He didn't look very well, 10 for 14, 83 yards. But I think the Colts, I think they're in really, you know, they, they look better. With Gardner Minshew, uh, he's been around a lot. And then you have Sam Ellinger uh, backing him, him up. But it happens every year, Dave. I mean, we've seen it before. We saw it with Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater had to come in. Jameis Winston also had to come in. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, we've seen Chad Henning, Matt Moore come in and play. Now Blaine Gabbard is back up. And we saw it last year. Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush was able to come in and win some football games. So you have to have a viable uh, backup quarterback. We've seen Chase Daniels have a stellar backup career, 14 years, made around $42 million. So, you know, it happens, unfortunately. I, I love the Gardner Minshew story. I, I have not been convinced about Anthony Richardson. I'm not sure in the long run, or at least for this season anyway, that, that Minshew's not, not a good uh, solution. Yeah, you know, I really do like Gardner Minshew. You know, he played right here um, in this area for Northwest, uh, went on to Washington State. I think he's a really good quarterback. Well, he started, don't forget, he started yeah. at East Carolina. He yes. His dad yes. was on the chain gang at ECU. 
Yes, he's an outstanding quarterback. He's been around. I really thought before Trevor Lawrence was drafted, I thought that he really could be that that franchise quarterback for for Jacksonville. But but going back to to Richardson, you know, it's going to be a lot of speculations, Dave. And 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 you have you know talked about you know he really hadn't played a whole lot. It's going to be a lot of speculations. I think he looked the part when he played. Uh, but we're always going to look at and say, hey, a guy that didn't play a lot in college, now he's hurt now. What's going to be his future? And, and, and I think this is the worst-case scenario to happen to him. But when he played, he looked very well. He threw the football down the field. He, he hit the seam routes. He, he ran with the football. But he's going to have to learn when to get down and when to throw the football away. All right. Um, we, we talked parody, but we saw that firsthand this weekend with Philly and San Francisco. Um, maybe the biggest surprise to me was considering the New York Jets lost two corners, and of course they've lost Aaron Rodgers, and yet now they're 3-3 three and three with an upset of Philly. Some beginning to think Philly might be the best team in the league, and we'll, we'll go over the best teams and the worst teams here in a second. But um, that I was shocked at what the Jets did. I, I think when you, when you look at the Jets, they have a really good defense. They have a championship type of defense. And when you look at it offensively, if they cannot turn the football over, continue to play, and if their quarterback, the young quarterback, can get better and progress, they have a chance to really compete in that division. But it just tells you that defense can propel you to win football games, and that's how they've been able to win games with their defense. And can you just imagine if Ann Rodgers was healthy this does look like the team that could have been a team that could have been a Super Bowl favorite. And and how about him? I mean, he's already up, walking around, throwing the ball, not using crutches. At, at his age, that that is a testament to strong, strong uh, will and, and strength of mind. Uh, absolutely. And I think it's really good when you see him uh, wanting to get back. His teammates see him. He's around his teams. And I think just – you know, we haven't seen this type of look in Aaron Rodgers. That's why, for me, I was really disappointed because he seemed like he was all in uh, for the Jets. But he wants to be able to come back, and I think he'll be able to come back if this team can make the playoffs. But I just don't think this team is going to be good enough offensively to make the playoffs. All right, best teams third of the way through. Obviously, you got to think about San Francisco, Philly, Miami, and they play each other this week. That's a fantastic game. Uh, Kansas City, in my mind, the defending mm-hmm. champ, still the best team in the league. What's your order? Well, I, I, you know, I'm just going to start with the NFC and kind of break it down. You talked about the Niners. I, I think the Niners, to me, are the best team uh, in the NFC. The Eagles behind them. Surprise teams, I think, is going to be the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Dallas Cowboys are right there. There's always going to be a question mark in the Dallas Cowboys get hot when or win games that are meaningful when you look at November, December. But they're definitely in the top AFC. I think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. You have the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Ravens. And I, I think the Dolphins are right there with the Chiefs. But I give the Super Bowl champions a nod since the Dolphins did lose a couple of weeks ago to the Bills. But just a lot of parity. Um, a division that I really like, Dave, when you look at the Ravens division, I think the Browns, the Bengals, and the Steelers are going to make it really interesting You know, come November and December. Two really interesting games Sunday. Detroit, which you mentioned, a big – well, I shouldn't say a surprise. Many thought this would finally be their mm-hmm. year, and and they've looked terrific. I think it's a great story. They've mm-hmm. been. When's the last time they were in the playoffs? Like forever. Um, they play Baltimore, and we know. I think Baltimore might have been one of your picks to the Super Bowl this year, and mm-hmm. uh, and they're solid as always. How how, how is that game going to play out? I uh, you know I tell you I, I think both of these teams have really good defenses, and I, I think this. This game is going to come down to which one of these quarterbacks can play the best and protect the football. And uh, I'm going to give the nod, the nod to Lamar Jackson. I think he's played tremendous. A uh, contract is behind him. Uh, he's throwing the football. You don't see him running the football a lot. But also Jerry Goff. I love what Jerry Goff has been able to do. You know, people wrote him off. Uh, he was underappreciated with the Rams, and he's just done a tremendous job with the with the Lions. But Give the nod to the Ravens, and I think it's going to be a really good game. And I think it's going to be a defensive game. Look at the two quarterbacks, but both defenses are a top five, top ten defense. But uh, give me the Ravens in that one. Other key game could be the Nick Saban Bowl because you've got Hurts versus Tua. You've got Miami and Philadelphia in Philly 
which, by the way, the Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. How does that play out? By the way, that's a game you can hear, 6.30 on Sunday, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I really like the matchup, but I, but I think overall, I think Philadelphia is going to have to be able to put pressure on Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I think the weakness in, in Philly's defense is going to be their secondary. If they're not getting pressure and getting tip passes, their secondary man-to-man are not going to be able to hold up, even in zone, against this explosive Miami Dolphins team. I'm going to go with the upset, if it is an upset, when you look at the two points differential. Give me the Miami Dolphins. I think Philadelphia lose two in a row. I like the Dolphins' explosive speed. I like them overall defensively. Give me the Dolphins. Um, I, I, we've talked about the best teams. Let's talk about the worst teams. Uh, there's only one team that has not yet won a game, the Carolina Panthers. I suspect they'll win at some point. A bunch of one and fives, including Arizona, the Bears, uh-huh. the Giants are one and five. Uh, Denver is one and five. So surprisingly is New England. Is this Bill Belichick past his prime? Is he still a great coach, just a poor GM? How do you put your arms around the New England Patriots, two years removed now from Tom Brady, one and five? I I, I think when you you look at the Patriots, I think Kraft has to look at uh, and sit down with Bill Belichick and I think he has to relinquish the general manager duties. I think if he's going to continue to be the head coach, simply be the head coach. When you look at from 2014 around there, he hasn't had any Pro Bowl players except for two. One is a kick returner. One has been a punter. Um, so when you look at the roster when Tom Brady was here, I think it's nowadays been four years since Tom Brady has left. And the roster was depleted when Tom Brady was there. And you look at the roster now, there's not a lot of talent overall in the roster. So I have to look at who he has been picking overall, and we'll have to make a decision. If you want to continue to coach for the Patriots, we're going to have to be able to, you know, take those general manager, manager duties from you. You think Kraft will come to that that uh, ultimatum to him? <laughs> you, you know, that's going to be interesting. But if you're a fan, you know, how much leeway do you give arguably the greatest coach that has played? We understand the era, but all eras have to come to an end. And if you just look at the past four years, the New England Patriots have not looked like a team that can turn it around. They can change some things. You drafted a quarterback to replace Tom Brady. You really didn't help Mac Jones. You got Matt Patricia to come back, a defensive coordinator. So the decision-making by Bill Belichick hasn't been good. It's going to be interesting to see. And I think it's going to come down to how they finish, how they finish the season, how they're going to continue to play. But right now, between them and I think them and the Broncos, to me, look like the worst team in the National Football League. Last thing, Jags and New Orleans tonight. The Saints at home, two-point favorites. Break down Thursday night football for me. Give me the Jaguars. The Jaguars are playing outstanding. I think the Saints have a top-five defense. I think overall, offensively, they have not had stability at the quarterback position. Carr has missed a couple of games. He's not really healthy. The Jaguars look like the team that I thought that they could be. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is that top when they're one of the top quarterbacks, uh, give me the Jaguars. They've beaten the Bills. They've beaten Kansas City Chiefs. I like the Jaguars on the road. He is our guy on the NFL. And, of course, Tigers, you listen to him on the broadcast. That is Russell Copeland. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. I'll see you in a, about an hour or less. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. That's our guy, Russell Copeland. He's brought to you by the Eflin Insurance Team. Matt has a team, and they do insurance the team way. They collaborate. How do they collaborate? They get to know you. They get to know your family, what's important to you, what your goals might be, what your budget is for protection. And then they make sure that you're taken care of when it comes to your home, your auto, or life insurance. Collaboration. Get to know you. Same thing with commercial insurance. If you've got a small to mid-sized business, that's their specialty. They get to know you, your employees, your product. They forecast your business out a little bit. What's your budget for protection? And then they find the perfect commercial insurance. All you got to do is call and get to know them so they can get to know you. 901-386-4777. That, by the way, spells GER. 901-386-GER, because they're big Tiger supporters. Get protected. Get to know the people protecting you. Call 
the Eflin Insurance Team. In just a second, downtown we go. Jarvis Greer standing by. We talk Tigers and Grizz with Jarvo in just a minute. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Jarvis Greer getting set to join us. Getting set to hit the road. We have coaches' meetings in just a little bit. Jarva, you ready for the renewal of the Battle of the Bones? It is one of the greatest trophies in all of college football, if you've had a chance to see it. That thing is, was it 85 pounds? It is huge. And it oh, is it's a, more. It's, I think it's more than 85 pounds. Honestly, it's, it is heavy. Yeah, it's going to have to take, uh, uh, you know, somebody from uh, the offensive line, defensive line, to hoist that bad boy when it's, when it's over with, because that thing is big. We've seen it. It has belonged to the University of Memphis since, what, 2012? Yes. Is that the last? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's hard to believe. That UAB actually leads. This is the 16th game of the series, and uh, UAB actually leads the series 10-5. Yeah, because, you know, and, and UAB was just coming up from 1AA. They were like UCF to, uh, to Memphis, to us. I'm going I'm go to say yes because I'm a Tiger. And, uh, you know, they, they came up and they whipped the Tigers several times here and down there. So Memphis got the last one, and then the league switched up, and so that's why they hadn't played since. But it's back. And uh, it, hopefully we'll bring that bad boy back on the bus to Mempho. Uh, that uh, that should be uh, a lot of fun. Um, I'll get into that a little bit more later. W- what is your tank? I'm, I'm, I'm watching first take right now. And w- what do you think they're talking about? Ja Morant's going to serve a 25-game suspension to start the season. We saw the ESPN piece on their website yesterday. Um, no new revelations, but nonetheless new insight as to what might have occurred with meetings with him and uh, er- everything else that where where he had gone from a welcome patron to a guy who you didn't want to see coming. What what are your thoughts about that particular piece? Well, um, the timing of it, I know a lot of people think it's weird. Wow, we're just going to the start of the season, but. You know, it, this, the piece got more into the weeds of, you know, all the stuff that we already know as far as, you know, the the uh, gun, laser showing the gun at the club and out with his buddies in a parked car, you know, bopping to the music and that. And, but then some of the other stuff, like the the incident at the high school where his sister got in an argument and here comes John, his posse, or his mother gets in an, an argument at the, uh, at the shoe store in the mall and here comes John, his posse, and you know, and, and, and those kind of things. A lot of stuff we already know about. The thing is, the nation doesn't know a lot of that stuff. And John Morant is a superstar. And so we're starting the NBA season, and where is John Morant? And that is basically why. I'm not going to fault uh, ESPN for doing the story. Um, John Morant, you know, a lot of people say, well, what about Bridges and those other dudes? They really did some criminal things, you know, some stuff that's really bad. Well, they aren't stars like John Morant is. And when you are a superstar like that, you your life is a glass bubble. Anything and everything you do, if somebody gets a whiff of it, it's getting out. So uh, you know, it's just one of those one of those things you have to deal with. You know, now that you know Memphis has a superstar player like that, and if you get into a little bit of trouble, you know, whether it's you know perceived trouble or just doing something silly or stupid or you know crazy or goofy or something like that, then it's just going to get exposed, and sometimes it'll be blown out of proportion, but. You know, it is what it is, and uh, John already knows that. The team at their practice um, yesterday, Coach Jenkins had a long, long, long talk off one of the side offices off the practice court at FedEx Forum, and you know, I'm just going to say that they were talking. They knew that article was coming out, and that they, you know, they talked to John and told him, look, we got your back 100% is exactly what they said in the article. So, And then, you know, John had that tweet after it, you know, saying that MB, what is it, you know, my brother's no others. You know, with the Grizzlies emoji right, and uh, right. you know, some exclamation points. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's going to go by and it's going to get brought up in every new city that he goes, you know, that he goes to once he starts playing again. Jaws coming off his suspension and it's the first time. So buckle up, get ready for it because that's, you know, part and parcel when you're a superstar in this league and you've had some, some past trouble. Well, they, they, they said what they had to and they should. I mean, they, they have to have his back and 
Um, and, and I think they will. Here, here's the big question. At, at the end of the day, where does he go from here? Right? I mean, we, yeah. we, we I, I thought the interesting aspect was that, to ESPN's credit, they pointed out that the NBA and the Grizzlies did due diligence when he was a player at yeah. Murray State. He was had sterling reputation, was coachable, likable, a team guy, humble, chip on his shoulder. And then in this piece, they talk about him changing. Fame gets to young people. It can. When, when, Fame and money. Yeah. <laughs> and, like and, not, just mil- and, not just millions, but hundreds of millions. Right. Um, so, uh, where, where does he go from here? Is this a redemption story or is this a story of untold, uh, of uh, un- unfinished promise because of distraction? Which way? Gut feel. I, I've already stated at the start of the show, I, I think because of his strength of mind uh, and youth and now his eyes are wide open, I, I think this story does have a happy ending. I think it becomes a redemption story. I, I think he stays a superstar. I think Nike and Powerade are happy that they stood by him. I don't know about Powerade, if they are standing by him or not. They haven't done the, the, the promotion that we're going to do with yeah, him, but they, they haven't bumped him either. Um, yeah, I think they just tabled it. I think right, they were exactly. waiting for it to come back. Yeah. So how, how, in your gut feel, how does this end? Well, my gut feel is it's all up to Ja. Not his friends, not Devontae Pack, or, you know, his, or his, his dad. buddies or his entourage, or even T, which T got called out a little bit in that story. Yeah, he and, did. You know, and it's like, well, you know, T gave up his career to raise job when they found that they were pregnant. And uh, so now he's living the life. And, you know, I was like, who among us? You know what I mean? You go from, yeah, they were not poor or anything like that, but all of a sudden they have no notoriety. Now they're on the cover of Slam Magazine and ESPN and everything else all over the world, this planet. And, yeah, that can, that can do some crazy stuff with, you know, your mind. You know, you, you think that, uh, yeah, I can do this kind of stuff. And, you know, Ja, they asked him, well, you know, are, is drinking a problem? He says, no, it's not. He's one of those rare breeds that, you know, he, they say, you know, could come to practice and look like he might be hung over and then go out and put 30 points on somebody that night with eight assists and five rebounds. So, you know, it's not, you know, who, one thing about that, the fast life will catch up with you quickly at some point. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's all up to Ja. You know, you know he, he is. He, well, one go thing, I, I, I'm going to go with him on this. You know, he cut short anybody that said anything about a drinking problem. And yeah. that and that he went to rehab to learn how to cope with stress, right. and and uh-huh. I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this because you know I was once young too, if oh, yeah. a, 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 and and if I had over imbibed, like the, like, like the next day, right even there. even when you're in your early twenties, it affects you. I can't imagine he could go out and put thirty on an NBA team at that skill level with all those people, if he was. Was was drunk or had problems from drinking too much? I'm I'm gonna buy that this was all about figuring out ways to relieve stress. I I, I believe it. Well, you know, I, I think so too, and I think he said it, and and I believe it. He's not that kind of guy that we haven't known him to uh, just lie about stuff. And you know, you can promise that you're going to do better, but sometimes those demons get you, and you know, like boom, next thing you know, you're back in trouble again. But I don't think uh, I think he knows. I'll put it like this, Dave. We all know that like, the Penny Hardaway, superstar, right? He yeah. was big, huge in the NBA, would have been big, bigger if uh, Twitter had been around at that time, social media. Uh, he had a, a, a trouble pass coming up. You know, like they didn't, he missed out playing with his team in the uh, state tournament at Treadwell because, you know, he didn't pass his classes or pass enough classes. Right. Everybody knows well, that Penny's and, a brilliant and, guy. But right. He knew how. He, he knew he could get away with stuff, so he got away with it until he did. Okay, and then he figured out, you know, he was a prop 48, which I don't know, you know some of the younger folks may not remember that, but he couldn't play his first semester or his first season for, as a freshman for, for first because year, he was an elk. Right, and, and, yeah. and, and also, as it turned out, remember he got shot in the foot, yeah. being, being at the wrong place at the wrong time. At the wrong time. Uh, and, and, so, and so he wouldn't have been able to play anyway. He got basketball taken away from him. John Morant has had basketball taken away from him. The one thing that he loves to do most in this world and that he's, that he's really, really not good, 
fantastic at. And when when you get when that happens to you, you you got to have a you got to change your heart in there. You got to you, you if there's clarity that comes with that. You know what I mean? You either either you do this and act this way, or you don't play. And when it gets down to that uh, ultimatum, I think John will make the right decision. As we saw, Hugh Penny ended up being a dean's list student when he graduated. We know he's intelligent, and then he went on to have a great career in the NBA. So I I feel the same, you know, for Ja. I think that'll happen for him. I think, you know, his head, he wants to do well. I mean, everybody said when he first got here, you know, he was humble and he was hungry and he was polite and all that good stuff. And then the money got to him and, you know, money can change you a little bit. Let's hope he can change back and be the true Ja that we all, you know, know and love. I think uh, that's spot on. Good stuff. We appreciate it. Last thing, very quick, 15 seconds. Will the Tigers start fast tomorrow uh, on Saturday, or will we see them fall behind again? Well, you know, I said we take the ball against Tulane and we're yeah. kicking it. Yeah, yeah deferred. <laughs> yeah. It, it worked. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think they'll have a chance to uh, get a, to a good start. That UAB's defense against the run is pretty much horrible. They give up more than 200 yards a game on the ground. I think total defense, Washington they're like 115 in the country, so they're they're not yeah. very good. Will Blake Watson play? You know, that could be a big deal out of that. But, you know, I, I have confidence that Memphis will go on and take care of business. This is a game they should win. And in the Silverfield era, they have won games that they should win. So I think – and I think they will be a good contingent on the road down there. Feeding you know, and progressive stadium, field, whatever they call it. Yeah, I can't wait to see this there. new stadium. I hear it's beautiful. Yeah. So uh, it's right off the expressway. Um so it's you know right there by the convention center. It's a great part of town. They got all kind of bars and restaurants down there. So you know it's a, it'd be a good trip. Early game, you can have some fun. Get back on the road. Come back home yeah. with a dose. Watch that drinking uh, on, on Friday. Night. No, we're we're actually all going <laughs> to dinner. So I'll I'll, I'll keep my day. I'll keep my eye on you. Thank you, Jarvis. <laughs> All right, Dave. See you in a minute. Bye-bye. That's Jarvis Greer on a myriad of topics. He's brought to you by Southern Security, your home, team, credit, union. What a job Dawn Grader is doing. You know, they're in their 70th year, but here's the thing that's so impressive. They keep growing. Like, isn't that what life is all about? You have to learn how to adapt to change, and you got to grow if you're going to continue to flourish, and that's exactly what they've done. They've just broken ground on a brand-new building in Collierville, but they've been serving the Mid-South community with unbeatable rates, low fees, top-notch service, and the latest in technology again for 70 years. So if you're a business owner, if you need an auto loan, maybe you need better benefits on your credit card, I invite you to join the family of Southern Security, the easiest way to bank. It's like family, and they'll talk to you. It's not just a website. You can call 901-452-7900 and talk to one of the team members. You can visit, if you want to, at southernsecurity.org. They will give you the best competitive rates on loans, auto, or low rates and other benefits on credit cards and a whole lot more. This is family. This is the way you should do banking with Southern Security, your home team credit Union. That does it for us. Johnny Radio comes your way next. We'll have picks tomorrow. Andy Schiffman, Brian Dacus, the whole schmear. Should be a lot of fun. In the meantime, wait for Johnny and have a great day, everybody. 